I want you to hit me as hard as you can. It seems as if this young man had lived many full lifetimes before he was even a teenager. His face is one of the most famous faces to ever be projected on a movie screen, or streamed on Disney+. Macaulay Culkin was a cinematic juggernaut in the 90s. This young man instantly conquered Hollywood, using only the power of talent and cuteness. But then, one day, it was all gone. Disappeared like the McAllister family. But where did he go? And why? Did he follow a dark and destructive path like many other former child stars tragically do? Or did Mac do his own thing? That's what that's what they call him, Mac. This Macaulay. Who, why would you call somebody Macaulay? It's, it's Mac. All those questions and more will be somewhat answered on this latest episode of What the F*** Happened to... Insert celebrity's name here. That's right. It's time we ask ourselves what the f*** happened to Macaulay Culkin. But to truly understand what the f happened to Macaulay Culkin, we must start at the beginning. He was born in 1980, New York City, on a dark and stormy night, I'm just assuming. He was the third of seven children, many of whom also became successful actors. Macaulay Culkin was pushed into acting by his abusive father at the age of four. His father always wanted to become an actor himself, but never quite make it, so, you know, he's gonna live vicariously through through one of these kids, and then when Macaulay Culkin became famous, he got jealous. So it's like, like what, what the f***, dude? You push your kids into this, and then when they succeed and do better than you, you get jealous? That's not how, how things should be. And I know how things should be, trust me. But here's the thing, though, Macaulay Culkin was a cute kid. And I don't think any movie displays that better than Uncle Buck, where Culkin goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with the comedic genius John Candy. That famously funny scene where Uncle Buck is quizzed at the kitchen table by a young Macaulay Culkin is one of the finest comedic scenes ever put to celluloid. Because they actually used celluloid back then. And this scene really shows how gifted Macaulay was as a comedic actor. Not just a child actor, but like as, as an actor in, in general. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? I don't have one. How come? I don't need one. Where's your wife? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? It's an even longer story. Are you my dad's brother? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. The chemistry between Candy and Culkin is incredible. Man, I love John Candy. He's, he's like, whatever he does, it makes me LOL. La laugh la that means laugh out loud. But number one world-famous movie critic Roger Ebert is no fan of Uncle Buck, calling it unusually bitter for a John Hughes movie. But the bitterness makes the sweetness even sweeter. That that's how I look at it. But sometimes Sir Roger Ebert is wrong because Uncle Buck packs some undeniably comedic movie magic. It's like it's 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 full of laughs. It's just it's just one of those simple heartwarming 80s comedies that they just don't make anymore. I guess because it's not the 80s. This grossed close to 80 million dollars in in 1989 dollars and that's a lot of dollars. And little Macaulay was so frickin' adorably hilarious in this one that you can totally see why filmmaker John Hughes would trust him with Home Alone. 
And John Hughes actually got the idea for Home Alone from the scene in Uncle Buck where Culkin's character interrogates a would-be babysitter through the letter opening in the front door. And Macaulay was so great and the scene was so great that, uh, the idea for Home Alone was born, inspired by this young little talented guy there. If only all children could be that inspiring. Please take it out of there. Take it out! But then came Home Alone. And what more can be said about this pop cultural phenomenon that hasn't already been said by every other YouTuber? And that Netflix show, uh, the, the one about movies and, and how they made us. And like I said after working with Macaulay Culkin on Uncle Buck, John Hughes, who wrote and produced Home Alone, was fully hooked on casting Culkin for the lead role of Kevin McAllister. But the film's director, Chris Columbus, did not want to seem like a pushover, so he went on to audition many, 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 many other children, just to show that he had power over Hughes. But after auditioning like every child in the world, he realized that Macaulay Culkin was perfect. Because the frickin' movie was written for him. And nobody, not nobody, has the natural charisma that Culkin possessed. And of course, one of the best parts of Home Alone was Joe Pesci. And Pesci said of Macaulay Culkin, he said this, Mac's not like a nine-year-old boy, he's, he's, like, he's, like, he's like already an old man. And Joe Pesci actually avoided Macaulay Culkin on set so that Culkin would think that he was mean in real life, and that this would help their scenes together. That's nice, and kind of mean at the same time. But I guess that's what the pros do. And Joe Pesci really did bite Macaulay Culkin's finger, and he left a scar. And I'm all for method acting, but I feel like biting a child may be where I, you know, where I draw the line. But that's just me. And the film features a little cameo from John Candy himself and a cameo from Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll, who faked his own death in 1977 and went on to make a name for himself as a background actor. Or at least that's what those conspiracy theorists say. And that famous map of the house was actually drawn by Macaulay Culkin himself. Such a talented young little artist. And because of those child labor laws, that meant Macaulay Culkin could only shoot for five hours a day. And that was kind of difficult because, you know, he's pretty much in every scene. Yes! 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 And this was domestically the highest grossing film of 1990, taking in over $285 million on an $18 million budget. So there was a profit on this one. And it remained the highest grossing live action comedy for 21 years until The Hangover Part 2 came out. The Hangover Part 2? Really? Macaulay Culkin was nominated for a Golden Globe best actor in a comedy or musical because they combine those two which is kind of a big deal if you care about stupid prestigious awards entertainment weekly the magazine gave home alone a d rating and said that it's a sadistic festival of adult bashing which is why i give the film an a but yeah the critics didn't like home alone so once again those critics are wrong this is it don't get scared now Hello. You guys give up? Oh yeah, thirsty for more. Now let's briefly discuss Macaulay's friendship with the smooth criminal himself, the king of pop, Michael Jackson. 
Culkin and Jackson became friends in 1990 around the release of Home Alone, and they bonded over the shared experience of being a child star without a childhood. Culkin appeared in Michael Jackson's hit music video for Black or White, where he played an annoying little rocker kid who wasn't gonna let his father tell him what to do. Such disobedience. During the Michael Jackson-Macaulay Culkin friendship, he said he did have sleepovers with him and slept in the same bed with the grown adult man, but that Michael Jackson never attempted anything with him. It was just innocent sleeping in a bed with a child, you know. And in the year 2020, that's that's this this current year, Macaulay Culkin told the magazine Esquire that he never saw anything or did anything. And Macaulay Culkin is actually the godfather to Michael Jackson's children. So take that Michael Jackson information and do with it what you want. Put it in your brain, think about it, process it, inform your own opinion, and uh, comment that comment in the comments. Make sure it's extra controversial. But now I just want to take time to appreciate this photo right here. Look at that. That is the most 90s thing I have ever seen and it is glorious. Then there was My Girl. And who doesn't remember this movie where Macaulay Culkin gets killed by a bee? Spoiler alert, Macaulay Culkin gets killed by a bee. And it's sad. It's one of those sad movies that people love to watch. Fans protested Macaulay Culkin's death in the movie because they felt like their Home Alone hero should never die in a movie. And back in the 90s, without the social media stuff, getting upset and protesting a movie actually, like, took some effort. Mac made history with this flick, becoming the first child actor to be paid one million dollars for a film. And this was more serious thespian territory for Mac to tackle, and his soft-spoken performance showed that he was much more than just a screaming silly face. This kid had range. Like a real-life actor or something. Critics were split on this movie, some really liked it, and others called it a dreadful coming-of-age story. And Roger Ebert, the only film critic who seems to matter, apparently, said that this is a movie that has its heart in the right place. My Girl pulled in close to 60 million on a 17 million dollar budget and spawned a sequel. And sadly, Culkin's character did not rise from the dead and appear in number two. And I think they got the last action hero kid instead, I think. The year was 1991, and by this time, Macaulay Culkin was pretty much the biggest movie star in the world. The world belonged to Mac, which led to them creating this Saturday morning cartoon about a kid with a magical baseball glove that would grant him his every wish. Okay? It was called Wish Kid. The show only lasted one single season. He was also one of the youngest people to host Saturday Night Live. I think he comes in second to Drew Barrymore. And as you know, the SNL cast has always been very reliant on cue cards, but not Macaulay. No, he memorized every single line and every single sketch in a very short amount of time because he's totally a professional and his a-hole father totally forbid him from using cue cards. So there's that. Yikes. And because Macaulay couldn't have cue cards, that meant nobody could have cue cards, which I don't think has ever been done in the history of Saturday Night Live. Macaulay, get a plate! Get a plate! 
Macaulay Culkin would return to the role of Kevin McAllister for 1992's Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, which is one of the best sequels ever made. It's like the perfect sequel. It's the same movie, but a little bit bigger, and just different enough so you feel like you're watching something new, but just exactly the same so you feel comfortable. This time he was lost in New York City, and they replaced the old man with a shovel with an old woman with some pigeons. And instead of hanging out in his house, Kevin would get to wander around 1992 New York City and do 1992 New York City things. Culkin received a whopping $4.5 million to star in this film, which was quite the pay raise. From his $110,000 paycheck he received from the first film, and at the box office Home Alone 2 would start out better than its predecessor, crossing the $100 million mark in just 24 days, opposed to the first one's 33, but would ultimately fall short of the success of the first one, only grossing an embarrassing $365 million compared to the $476 million the first one made. Still, still a great success. <coughs> Critics did not like this film, giving it only 33% on those tomatoes that are rotten, and yet again, those critics were wrong. People Magazine said the movie is dull and strikingly uninspired, but you should never trust people. The magazine and the, the actual human people. Don't trust them. Don't trust people. Then came the year 1993, which brought us The Good Son. And I guess Macaulay Culkin wanted to shed that Home Alone image by taking on the role of a psychopathic kid, even though Kevin McAllister has some pretty psychopathic tendencies, but, but those were fun psychopathic tendencies. This time in the movie The Good Son, these are serious psychopathic tendencies to people that are innocent and don't, don't deserve violent deaths. The film originally was going to star Jesse Bradford until Macaulay Culkin's dad stepped in and said that if they didn't cast Mac in this film, he would pull him from Home Alone 2, which hadn't been filmed yet, obviously. And the studio obliged because it was a Home Alone sequel and they needed that money. Macaulay Culkin's dad just seems like a lovely, lovely man, doesn't he? But that's how you gotta do it in the biz. The stunt at the end of the movie where Culkin drops off a cliff required Mac to actually be dropped off a cliff. Because dropping a child off a cliff is always a good idea. Hey, it's show business. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin would return to the Christmas movie, the genre that launched his stardom, with the G-rated adaptation of The Nutcracker. It's a ballet. And actually, Macaulay Culkin was a trained classical ballet dancer before he was ever an actor. I've tried to watch this movie a few times, but I never make it all the way through because it's a ballet. This nutcracker cracked the critics' nuts. They were split on it. Many complained that Macaulay Culkin's celebrity was actually distracting from the content of the nutcracking. And many said that it was obvious that he was only cast to bank on his Home Alone fame. Which actually isn't 100% true, because like I said, Macaulay Culkin was a classically trained ballet dancer. And audiences really didn't like it either. The film went on to make only like $2 million, because it's a ballet. Sorry, I'm sorry if you like ballets. Catch me outside or whatever. 1994 turned out to be a big awards year for Mac as he was nominated for three, count them, three Razzie Awards. 
for getting even with Dad, the Page Master, and Richie Rich. He would lose these awards, which actually kind of means he won, but thankfully that was the year Kevin Costner made Wyatt Earp. So let's talk about that dreadful year of 1994. His first Razzie-nominated performance was Getting Even With Dad. The producers wanted Culkin to have short hair for the film, but Macaulay Culkin's dad wanted him to have long hair. So there was lots of drama there, of course. Macaulay Culkin actually earned $8 million for this movie, which only earned $19 million at the box office. This is Culkin's lowest rated film and only has 3% on those Rotten Tomatoes. With most of the critics calling it an overly formulaic cash grab aimed at the fans of Home Alone. Obviously. So yeah, Getting Even With Dad is about a kid getting even with his dad, which Macaulay would actually end up doing in real life, but we'll get to that later. His second Razzie nomination came with the live-action animation hybrid, The Page Master, about a cowardly boy who escapes into a library only to be sucked into the books, and then he has to fight through some obstacles and return to real life alongside his new friends, which are books that uh, represent different genres. Adventure is a pirate book, fantasy is a fairy book, and horror is a zombie book. Roger Ebert called the movie a sad and dreary film. But I enjoyed it, because it was the 90s and I was a kid. I say The Page Master is a wonderful way to get introduced into classic literature. And my nickname on the playground in elementary school was The Page Master. And I still, to this day, wonder why did the kids call me The Page Master? But I loved the movie so much that I never even considered it an insult. Which it probably totally was. <laughs> but who cares? I stand proud and say that I forever will be the Page Master. So f off, kids on the playground in 1994. But unfortunately, the Page Master only took in like 13 million dollars. So it was looking like the days of the 400 million dollar box office receipts for Culkin were over. And since his days of making those mega movie bucks were coming to an end, he went on to make a movie about a kid who has a lot of money. That film was Richie Rich, the third installment to Macaulay Culkin's Razzie Trifecta of 1994. This was a big screen adaptation to the popular Richie Rich comic strip that is totally 100% an alive version of Casper. I mean, just look at it. At least that's what those conspiracy theorists say. Macaulay Culkin had hit puberty, gross, by the time the film was shot, so they hired actors who were over six feet tall to make the now five foot two Culkin appear smaller. Cause nobody wants their Culkin supersized, they want them bite size, like Joe Pesci. <laughs> and this movie, about money, was a box office bomb only making like $38 million. Yet it did find new life on home video where it made nearly $200 million in rentals and sales. And I know some of those dollars came from my family because I remember renting this one a lot in good old 1994. And of course, critics were not fans of Richie Rich calling out Macaulay Culkin's performance as barely registering any emotion. That's harsh, guys. He's just a kid, jeez. Mean critics. I say he tried his best, and we should give him a participation trophy anyway, no matter what. This is Nash. Fire two! 
Macaulay Culkin had been working steadily since he was seven years old, appearing in over 15 projects in just six years. Most of the adults I know don't even have that work ethic. So after Richie Rich, Macaulay Culkin decided it was time for a much-deserved break. He had become one of the biggest stars in the world, and he just wanted to rest and have a normal life. He enrolled in a private school in Manhattan, and faded into obscurity. Well, as obscure as the biggest star in the world could. In an interview with Ellen DeGeneres, he told the host that he doesn't like watching Home Alone, or most of his films, and he generally tries to stay indoors during the Christmas season. Unfortunately, the fame of Home Alone kind of ruined the holiday for Macaulay. Hollywood was the Grinch that stole Christmas from his heart. Do people come up to you and want you to put do your hands on thing? your face? Yes. yes. Oh my God, what do it's... you say to them? He's like, no. no. Yeah, <laughs> right. In 1995, Macaulay Culkin was dragged through the nasty split of his parents. And because the couple not only acted as his parents, they were also his managers, who split the 15% commission. Each parent wanted complete control over their son's career. The mother won the case, as the children all said they did not want to go with their father. Because he's a horrible, horrible jerk-face, meanie man. And after discovering that his mom and dad pretty much screwed him over with the money situation, he was basically technically but not officially emancipated from his parents at the age of 14. This means that his money was now legally separated from mommy and daddy. He was truly home alone and Richie Rich. Then, kind of party monster. <laughs> Crazy fuck! <laughs> he was enjoying his early retirement, just traveling the world, doing his own thing, living as normal of a life as he could. But he didn't completely disappear from performing. In 1998, he starred in the music video for the song Sunday by Sonic Youth. And in the year 2000, he appeared in the play Madame Melville, in London's West End. Sounds prestigious. And in 2003, he made a much praised appearance on Will and Grace, playing an immature divorce attorney. And according to the studio audience's laughter, it's hilarious. I'm gonna lose the case and Mrs. Walker's gonna lose like thousands of dollars. Millions! Millions? Dang, that's a lot of cheddar, yo. That's crazy cheddar. <laughs> but then there was Party Monster. After taking 10 years out of the spotlight, Macaulay Culkin made his triumphant return to the big screen as a flamboyant, drug-fueled, party-promoting murderer. You gotta respect Mac for taking the risk. That's literally like the riskiest role you could have taken. Mac said that he did the film because he wanted to do something that he's never done before. In the past, he felt kind of a responsibility to not take too many risks because he felt pressured by other people who had helped him build his career. So he felt trapped in the children's movie section at Blockbuster. And now that he was older, he could break out and try some, uh, risque things. Critics were not enamored with this true-life tale of debauchery, they called it a mess, and said that it lacked any genuine affection. Although one critic did say that it's so awful that it's almost good. 
those are my favorite kind of movies. But I know lots and lots of people who really love this movie and they tell me to watch it all the time for some reason. And for some reason, I never do. Maybe one day. I guess you can call this one a cult classic. Are you a member of the cult? Comment your comment in the comments. The film made only $782,000 in its entire worldwide theatrical run. And none of those dollars were mine because, like I said, I haven't seen it. The road of excess leads to a palace of fabulousness. But I did see his next film, Saved. It was great. And it saved his reputation as an actor. He would return to the screen to play the paraplegic character, Roland, in this controversial film in 2004, and just a bunch of wild hijinks and comical comedy come about. It's a wild fun time no matter what religion you are, maybe. And even though the film did receive mixed reviews, the one thing they all seemed to agree on was Macaulay Culkin's performance. He's what you would call a scene stealer in this one. His performance really stood out and offered a glimpse into what adult Macaulay Culkin could offer. The film is considered a sleeper hit. So that's good. Saved. Go watch it. If you care. Are you playing footsies with me? Yeah. Wheelies. Then he wrote a semi-autobiography called Junior. Those are my favorite kind of biographies, the semi-ones. That's right, it's a real book with real words that you can really read. And he really wrote them. In 2007, Macaulay Culkin continued his streak of taking on daring material with the film Sex and Breakfast. I had to be careful when googling this one. It's a film about couples swapping to solve their relationship problems. But critics said the film Sex and Breakfast was pointless and didn't have enough sex or breakfast. Then he would venture into the world of television in 2009. He would tackle his first series with the short-lived NBC show uh, that was loosely based on the biblical story of King David, the show called Kings. But this time, it's set in the modern era. Wow! The show had generally positive reviews, but low ratings. There were a few appearances on the Jim Gaffigan show, 2015 to 2016, playing a thinly-veiled version of himself, loosely based on himself, but not really himself, you know, like a semi-autobiography. But let us not forget about his time on Robot Chicken. Culkin and Seth Green bonded on the set of Party Monster, which led to Green inviting Culkin to do several voiceover gigs. And Robot Chicken is a hugely popular stop-motion animation show that stoned teenagers love to watch late at night. And Mac even got to reprise his role as Kevin McAllister in several sketches. And lately, Macaulay Culkin has made a career of popping up in random videos. Almost like a game of Weir's Waldo. One day, you'll see him in a commercial for insurance. The next day, you'll see him show up at WWE Monday Night Raw. Or you'll see him on the stage at the Oscars paying tribute to the man who made it all possible. John Hughes. Rest in peace. Mac is always around. You just gotta keep your eyes open. You just gotta know where to look. And in the year 2019, there was a film called Changeland. Culkin had a small role in this film made by his pal, Seth Green, and Macaulay Culkin plays a, a tour guide or something. But during that time, he was also keeping busy in the indie music hipster art scene. Macaulay Culkin appeared in films by famed indie artist Adam Green, such as The Wrong Ferrari and Adam Green's Aladdin. Look at that. So artsy-fartsy. All that. Wow. I, I totally get it. 
In 2013, Macaulay Culkin formed the Pizza Underground, a comedic tribute band to legendary underground rockers The Velvet Underground, where the band took Velvet's famous songs and changed the words slightly to make them about pizza. Pizza parody. G get it? Macaulay Culkin describes it as a funny joke that is pushed so hard that it's no longer funny, and then it goes full circle and becomes funny again, making it even funnier. That's how hipsters think, apparently. And to promote the band, Macaulay Culkin made a video of him eating a slice of pizza. And this was a parody of that famous clip of Andy Warhol eating a burger. So Macaulay Culkin, he's kind of like the new Andy Warhol, in a, in a way, I guess. But like with most child actors, he had his legal troubles. Let's talk about him. I hope I never see any jerks again. In 2004, Macaulay Culkin was arrested in Oklahoma City for possession of weed, aka the devil's lettuce, and possession of two other unnamed controlled substances, aka the devil's unnamed controlled substances. He quickly made bail, pled guilty, and paid a $550 fine. And that's pretty much it with his legal troubles. So in terms of other former child stars, Macaulay Culkin is essentially a saint. Even though there were some nasty tabloid rumors that he was shooting up like six grand worth of heroin into his veins a month, but there was never any proof of that. And Mac totally denies it all. What a mess. He used to be such a sweet kid. Now let's talk about a project that Macaulay Culkin seems to be really proud of. In 2018, Mac launched Bunny Ears, a comedy website that parodies celebrity lifestyle websites. He describes it as goop meets the onion. And there's a highly successful Bunny Ears podcast. And he seems to have a lot of fun doing it. And it's a lot of fun to watch or listen to Macaulay Culkin have a lot of fun. Which sums up where Macaulay Culkin has been for the past few years. He was able to take the fortune that he made as a child star and bring that into his adulthood to tackle projects that make him happy. And it seems like what he's doing is really making him happy. He really loves making fun of the sheer spectacle of fame and famous people. Because famous people are the best people to make fun of. For many years, Macaulay Culkin seemed to shy away from his iconic role of Kevin McAllister. Until recently. He seems to have embraced it. Full throttle. In 2005, Culkin appeared in an online show, Drivers, playing Kevin McAllister as a grown-up who has severe mental problems from his childhood days of being left home alone and having to defend himself from the wet and sticky bandits. Yeah, I guess he would get some PTSD from that. He also appeared in that very popular ad for Google Assistant as a grown-up Kevin McAllister, and it's, it's frickin' hilarious. It's like the perfect Home Alone sequel. And it only needed to be like 30 seconds long, or a minute, however long those commercials are nowadays. Hey Google, turn down the temperature two degrees. And I seem to remember him occasionally appearing on some red letter media shows. And I remember being very impressed with his knowledge of cinema. And I LOL'd at the funny comments he made. But it seems like we better get ready for another Mac attack because it is coming in the year 2021. If that year ever comes, Macaulay Culkin is set to star in the next season of American Horror Story, 
which would be his highest profile acting gig since 2003's Party Monster. Well, actually, more really since 1994's Richie Rich. But American Horror Story, it is fun, it's wild, it's crazy, it's got a great cast, and I think Macaulay Culkin will fit really well. I don't really like every season of American Horror Story, but when it's good, it's really good, and I think Macaulay Culkin can help it be really good. Great again. Make American Horror Story great again. All in all, Macaulay Culkin, Mac, was thrust into the limelight at an early age, extremely early, becoming one of, if not the biggest movie star at the time. He had to deal with overzealous parents and the complete lack of a normal childhood. Noticing what he was missing out on, he made the very mature decision to step back and try to live a normal life. And in that time, he took on some vastly different projects and got into a small amount of trouble but he came through on the other side, and he's doing just fine. Even joking around on Twitter on his 40th birthday, he tweeted, Hey guys, wanna feel old? I'm 40. You're welcome. It's my gift to the world. I make people feel old. I'm no longer a kid. That's my job. He's always an exciting guest on podcasts and talk shows because he grew up in the spotlight and everyone seems to be interested in what he has to say. Because, you know, he had a front row seat to the wild world of Hollywood and his perspective should be looked at and studied. <laughs> he started his career as an A-list child star, and now he's a podcaster, which is a good thing. And it seems like he's happier than ever. Mr. Mack has turned his celebrity into a form of postmodern performance pop art, and I love it. Almost like Shia LaBeouf, but not as intense. More of a silly approach. And Macaulay Culkin just is not interested in acting anymore. Plain and simple. He doesn't pursue it. He doesn't even have an agent. Even though he did audition for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he is doing American Horror Story. So you know that acting bug is still biting him a little bit. If the right project comes along, of course. So we can all hope for that American Horror Story comeback, which I'm, I'm sure... It, I'm sure it'll bring him back. But honestly, he doesn't need a comeback. Mac had left his mark on cinema before he could even shave. And he's currently leaving his mark on the weird, hipster, artsy-fartsy world. And he's great at it. He's great. He's, he's just he's great at everything. He is financially set from all of his success, and he just sits back and enjoys life. He calls himself lucky and blessed and has very few regrets. So nobody, not nobody, should give a f about what the f happened to Macaulay Culkin. Thank you for watching our show. If you like what you see, please subscribe to our Joe Blow Videos channel. Tell your friends who like this sort of content and turn on the bell to receive notifications for all our latest videos. We're an independent company and we appreciate all your support.